All right, Colleen, it's all yours. And uh, if we're going to just, if we could type the names of the people we mean in the chat window rather than using them, then maybe the conversation can be sal salvageable for a wider audience, just a possibility. Okay, um, I will try. Um, so, I um, emailed this friend of mine recently that telling her basically that I wasn't going to see her girlfriend anymore, um, that I found it too stressful and unpleasant, and, you know, that just that I... I didn't like the way she treated people. I didn't like the way that she treated my friend and just that I just been noticing more tension, uh, since she arrived and <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so Laverne wrote me back and she said, Basically, like, can I ask what triggered this? Um, you know, I just could you tell could you tell me more about the way she treats me and the way she treats other people? Which I thought, you know, I mean, that's that was a decent response. She didn't blow up at me, and you know, she seemed curious. But on the other hand, it was sort of like playing dumb. Yeah, because how could she not notice? all of that stuff that was going on. And, um, it's, so then it's I wrote, like the, sorry to interrupt, but it's sort of like the people who end up not working out in, on the board or whatever. All, all you ever hear is like, well, what, what, what did I do? Like, yeah, exactly. Like she only became curious when it's basically too late to, you know, it's only, it's only when I took this step that she became curious. Well, and of course, th there's a lot packed into that, and I don't want to sort of derail you right at the beginning, but hey, that's, that's what I do. Um, but uh, there is a lot that is uh, packed into that one statement, which is all, I, I've not noticed anything, I've not seen anything, um, and it really puts the onus on you, like it's your personal perception, because implicitly she's denying that there's anything wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I do... Um there was a little bit of that that I was thinking about. And, um, so, and, and just because I was a little uncertain about it still, I, I, um, I talked to some people on the board about the whole thing. And I, uh, I talked to Charlotte who gave me some, some good advice. Like sh she said, well, you know, if I was in your friend's position, I would rather like you call me on the phone to discuss this. And I was like, yeah, I know that's a good idea. So I wrote, um, Laverne back and I said you know I wrote this pretty extensive email um, um, answering your questions but I've debating, been debating whether or not I should send it or you know if you'd rather that we have a phone conversation or I meet you somewhere but I understand you're in a difficult situation so just whatever you prefer and she wrote me back just wondering what difficult situation is that so, and then that's the point that I started to feel really irritated. Right, of course. Right. Right. I mean, my best friend and my girlfriend are completely at odds. 
but I have no idea what you mean by a difficult situation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, that really seemed to me like a trap. So I haven't responded since then, and I've just been sort of mulling it over. And I've just noticed over the past few days that I have less and less of a desire to even respond at all. Right. And I'm just kind of like at this fork of the in the road where I can either, I know I only have two options, which is either I RTR this or I don't ever speak with her again. And what makes you think that you're not RTRing with her at the moment? Well, it's it's still not like you your response made me feel this and I don't know why, like that sort of thing. Well, no, but sorry, what I mean is with yourself. Oh. Um, sorry, I was, that was completely not clear of my, on my side. Sorry. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of am because I'm not acting or jumping to conclusions. I'm just sort of um, wondering about my feelings. Right. You're like, um, do, do I want, like, what, what you're doing is you're, you're taking off obligations. Mm-hmm. Right. And with, with all due respect to Charlotte, uh, to me, <clears throat> the question is not what you should do, but, but how do you feel? Right. So when you get this uh, email back from Laverne saying, could you give me even one example, so to speak, of, of how this person has, has treated others in even a remotely negative way, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, doesn't that just look like a, a huge I shouldn't no, I shouldn't I shouldn't put words into your mouth. When you got that back, how did you feel when you read it? Um I felt well, I felt irritation and also just bewilderment. And what was bewildering? Well just that I mean she would even portray it as something so mysterious especially after all of this drama has happened with fdr and um her girlfriend and i haven't kept track of that drama uh, just about a week ago this this person seemed to want to i oh, seemed upset and and i said you know we can talk about it next week uh i'm i was at a in a hotel working on the book but um i, I never never heard back so i i don't know what's going on with that but um so so it it, it can't really be that that she's not at all aware, right? Right, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, and, so, and also... Sorry, go ahead. And also just, I've been noticing that it's not only this, like, this interaction that's made me desire to uh, interact with her less and less. It's, um, I've just noticed it sort of like this inverse relationship with this and my other relationships getting better. Like my, there's been really big improvements with me and rich and like, just I've been talking a lot more to other people on the board and it just seems like the more positive those relationships are, the more like this, I'm just thinking like, what am I doing calling this a friendship? Right, right. Okay, so you felt you felt irritated that we were actually just talking about that with the uh, with the mother and and son team today. Um, but so so you felt a kind of irritation, and and can you tell me a little bit more about 
that irritation and, and what, what was going through your mind around that? Um, well, it's, it's kind of like, well, I mean, along with what you said about this sort of puts this all on me. Like if, if we're both reasonable people here and she hasn't noticed anything, that kind of, it's, it's portraying me as, as really unreasonable and too demanding and all of this stuff. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, um, and, and she's put in a, sorry, just to, before we get back to feelings, she's put in a tough position, uh, and, or, or rather, she's put herself in a, t- in a tough position because she's let things slide, right? So mm-hmm. if, uh, if, uh, if you then say, well, you know, I don't want to be around X, Y, or Z person, either she has noticed it and she's just let it slide, in which case she's got a kind of hole to dig out of, right? Mm-hmm. Because then she's got to say, yes, I have noticed that so-and-so doesn't treat uh, people always uh, the best, but what? Well, what does that mean? Like, then, then it's like you're the one who has to bring it up. And she's, she's behind, in that, in, in, if that makes any sense. Right. She's got to sort of play catch-up, and then uh, she's got to uh, realize that she's been trying to cover things up uh, and, uh, and so on, right? So that's, that's really tough. Uh-huh. Right. So she either admits, oh, yeah, no, I've noticed that for a long time, <laughs> right? In which case, why did she bring this person into your life and this and that and the other, right? Or um, she has to say she's never noticed it at all, which is um, seems like a better solution in the short run. But you really would have respected her, I think, if she'd written you back and said, yes, I'm torn. I've noticed some problems and I've been lax in, in addressing them and I, I've been just kind of hunkered down, hoping it's all going to blow over, which I know is not particularly helpful. You know, you, you would have respected her for that, right? Yeah, definitely. But this sort of blank denial, right? Like, right, what? Right? That, that is, of course, somewhat irritating, of course. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so sorry, go on. Yeah, and I also felt a little bit trapped because... It's, I don't know, I I feel like if she's already sort of pretending as if she did, doesn't notice any of this stuff, which of course she does, then what is going to be the difference if I tell her? Well, um, yeah, of course. I mean, if she's already denying that there's any problem, what's going to happen if you sit down and talk with her face to face? I mean, it's just, I mean, probably going to be more denial and more explaining and more excuses. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it's going to be, I mean, the manipulation has already begun, right? I think that's where your irritation comes from. Right. Because she's not, the email is just not honest, in my estimation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what she's doing is she's presenting you a kind of ice cliff to climb with your teeth, right? Yeah. And I, I've right. not found, and you guys have heard me hack through this with dozens of people, uh, I have not found that people become any less defensive 
when you talk to them than when you type to them. Very rarely, right? It's not like it gets any better face-to-face than it does over email. Now, email is not a great medium for dealing with um, complicated emotional issues, but um, if people are defensive uh, on the board and you hear me talk to this, those same same people, like not nothing's turned around that I know of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you could try and unpack the thoughts that preceded the irritation. So you get this email which says, can you tell me what you've noticed that might be negative? Or something like that. Uh, what are the thoughts that, that happened in the ecosystem right when this thing comes in? Um, well, you know, the, the, the part behind the irritation, like I've already explained some of that. And, um, you know, also it's just like, she's obviously, I mean, it's, it's like sacrificing me, the person who, I mean, I think has been there for her a lot more than Shirley ever has. And, um, she's sacrificing me to her, um, because she's not being honest. She's not willing to be honest. And she wants to sort of, which I, I kind of understand this whole relationship and the whole um, thing she's playing out with it, her whole Simon the Boxer with it. I understand that she's trying to manage a lot of things through this relationship, but she's sacrificing me to that, so that's hurtful. Oh, and, I certainly understand that. Yeah, I certainly understand that. And... um. But the other parts of me were sort of being like, you know, well, this is, you know, it's less than ideal, but it's more than horrible of a response. And, you know, she's actually, maybe she's actually curious and she just wants me to sort of lay it out on the table so that, you know, even though she's been denying all this stuff to herself, like if somebody she trusts were to tell her all this stuff, then, you know, maybe this would be a good step for her and figuring out this rule. And that, that whole thing, like, I just, I, I kind of went to this, like, oh, maybe I can, maybe this is a, a request for me to help her through this or something like that. Okay, now, and, and th- this is the part that I think is really worth talking about. I mean, not that this earlier part wasn't, but this mm-hmm. is the part I think that's really worth talking about. And when did, so when did, did, did anything occur between the irritation and this trip going on? Um, I think it was an anxiety that, that just followed the irritation. So this was within like a few minutes of you getting the email. You didn't talk to anyone else or anything like that. Right. I mean, within a few seconds. Okay. So you have your, have your irritation, right? Mm-hmm. And your irritation comes up, and then you start the lecture, right? Right. That's the that's the part I think that says that's where the RTR stops, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. 
Because then you're not saying, I wonder why I'm irritated. You're like, I shouldn't be irritated, right? Yeah, but with me, it's more of a maybe I shouldn't, like, this whole... annoying, actually. Huh? <laughs> well, that's even more annoying, right? I'd rather be joking. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I totally understand. Right, and, and this, <clears throat> this is where we moralists lose our strength. Right, and God knows, I face this all the time with uh, with people uh, and and with this conversation, and uh, but but I I sort of have to 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 look at that voice, right? Because it eclipses your real experience, right? Your real experience is irritation, but rather than being curious about that, you kind of snap out of yourself to some sort of suborbital perspective of the whole world, saying, well, you know, maybe there's this, or maybe there's something else, and and all of that's just conjecture, right? Right. It's, it's not feeling-based. Mm-hmm. And what happens to your irritation when that voice comes up? We'll call her the church lady. <laughs> um, it certainly is diminished temporarily. But then I do notice that later on when, I, when I'm going back to thinking about it, that it's increased like tenfold. Sure. To like some sort of petulance. Right, right. Okay, so um, where does this voice come from? Where does this, this inner church lady come from? Um, does it seem do like a male or female? Sorry, does it seem like a male or female voice? I get female, but I don't want to be sexist. Um, I don't know. I haven't really genderized it. I'd say female. It's, it seems that way to me, and that's why I came up with church lady. But it, it could be male, but, uh, but that's not typically the male response. The male response is typically, well, we'll get back to another time. But, so uh, obviously this is a cause and effect relationship within your mind that is a response to irritation, and it's a disarming of a defense, right? Because when you get irritated that's usually because your boundaries are being violated or you're being manipulated, right? Right. And so when you get uh, manipulated or when you're being manipulated, clearly the person who is manipulating you does not want you to feel irritated, right? Right. That's the counterfeit detection machine myth that I won't even mention once more because I think everyone's head explodes, but... <laughs> the person who's manipulating you, their, their, um, your irritation is their enemy, right? Yeah. So in your family growing up, who did your irritation threaten? My mother. Right. Hmm. And if you had expressed uh, to your mother and, and said, um, Mom, I'm, I'm really irritated at the moment. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on, but really irritated at the moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd know exactly what would happen. I bet you do. So what would happen? She would just, at first she would um, try the whole guilting me route and be like, 
you know, the, play the whole like, oh, I'm just your your loving mother who's just trying to do this for you, and just how could you say that I'm irritating? And you know, even though I, that's not what I said, that's how she would turn it and try to like draw sympathy out of me and and be like, well, no, you, you know. So I start like, well, no, you're not this, you're not that, and um, that's not what I'm saying. And and then she would. Um, you know, if I kept, if I just kept with the RTR and being like, you know, I'm not saying it's coming from you, but I'm feeling increasing irritation towards your reaction, towards your reaction, then eventually, like, she would just become enraged. Right. Because she now, can, is this, I, mean, I mean, sorry, it's, it sounds like you've got a good handle on it, so we probably don't need to role play it. We could if you want, but uh, I, I mean, for sure, the rage is going to come, right? Right. And then like, what happens is the parent says, you're just impossible, and they storm out of the room or, or something like that, right? Oh, um, she did have the, the throwing her hands up, storm out of the room, but she also had the whole shrieky thing going on. Right. And, and this, this storm, right, this emotional storm with your mom or this, this sadism, this could last for hours, days, I don't mean the yeah. screaming, say, but the like after your mom would have this. Um, I mean, after my mom would do this kind of stuff, there would be a kind of. Um, I mean, there would be. I don't speak about it, and and also she'd be like, um, she'd be like a Ming vase for a little while, like just. I mean, obviously she shocked herself a little bit sometimes, but but there was kind of she was like a, like a, just fragile, uh, and and. Um, uh, unsteady, uh, I don't, and I give this just—I want to—that was my experience. But but, what was your mom like after this? This uh, rage came out. Um, I think she was actually actually acted pretty guilty, but not explicitly like a genuine apology. Like, I'm sorry, and, and, you know, I'm going to get myself into therapy and tell me how you feel and all that. Of course, like, not like that, but it was all about her guilt sort of thing. And, like, oh, I'm so sorry, like, for doing that. I, you know, I feel like a bad mother. And, and then, because it's just, and it would just start another manipulation again. So then you have to comfort her after she screams at you. Exactly. Or you have to, she, she then expect the cycle is then, you, uh, Colleen, must now make me feel better after I've apologized, or guess what? It all starts all over again, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Right, so you are bullied originally, and then your mom, quote, apologizes, and if you don't provide her what she wants, then you get the bullying again, again right? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. It's like, I mean, just to a minor degree, it's like, I can't remember what the guy's name was, <laughs> but this, this guy who was just trying to bait the whole board with, uh, uh, oh yeah, well, what about this person who got banned? And what about this person who got banned? And what about this person who got banned? You know, it just, and, and he just kept posting and somebody else, oh yeah, I want to hear about that too, right? Just trying to stir up old shit, right? And, you know, to the board's eternal credit, people just didn't respond and he didn't say... I mean, oh, this. Then he said, "Oh, this silence speaks volumes," and and I've learned everything I need to know, and you know, this vaguely sinister kind of you know thing, and mm-hmm. you know that that just never ends with people. That seriously never ends with people. Your mom is going to grow go to her grave exactly like that. Mm-hmm. 
So that bit in RTR with the mother-daughter must have been at least somewhat familiar. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right, okay, okay. So, so here, uh, irritation was something that you were not allowed to have. Or if you had, you had to dismantle it, so to speak, right? Because otherwise, it would just all, all that would happen is you would spend every day getting screamed at, right? Yeah. Because what we get, when, when we fold, we get that they're not going to change. Mm -hmm. I'll say that again, because I think that's important. We don't have a parent that we know of, uh, and I don't know what was going on with the conversation today beforehand and this and that, but we don't have a parent that we know of that has turned around, right? Right. Because people are not trained to deal with reality. They're trained to make up bullshit, to justify themselves, to lie, to manipulate. I mean, this is, this is how enslaved the world is, right? And so you can't, no one's going to change if they can make up some reason, right? Mm -hmm. Why they're upset. Just, they won't change, right? And yeah. your mom hasn't changed since you've known her. My mom hasn't changed. Greg's mom hasn't changed. Nate's mom hasn't changed. Charlotte's mom. They don't change, right? Right. And so given that we know we're just going to hit defense after defense after rage after rage after defense, and it's never going to get exhausted, right? Right. Because there's no person there. There's only uh, an infection of mythology and storytelling and fantasy, right? Yeah. So you, you did what you did. You had to dismantle your irritation because your mother sure as hell was never going to dismantle hers, right? Right. But the difference is that, and the reason I'm blathering on about this stuff is that you get that your mom, at least I think you get, that your mom's not going to change, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. But with regards to Laverne, this story kicked in about change, right? Yes, that's true. And you, I mean, the, the, it's possible that you could be right. I doubt it. Our first reaction is usually <laughs> the right one, but... Um, I would say, uh, I mean, this Laverne is still in her family, right? It's still enmeshed in her family to some degree? Yes, to some degree. Right. So when you say, I'm surprised that she uh, chose negative mm -hmm. or destructive or whatever, this is maybe too strong a characterization, but chose non-optimal people, let's say, compared to me, it's not the first time this has happened, right? Right. That's true. So and that's it for me. And Tell me what what uh, what that means to you. Um, well, by staying in mesh with her family, she's she's um, still she's valuing them at the expense of you know even Shirley. I'd say like. Just, I mean, to everyone around her, because that always, 
bleeds over and she knows she knows that now like she can't claim ignorance about it and and she has your example right right of what happens when you detach and we we are creating an option in the world that people just never imagined that you can defu and be far far better off yeah Infinitely better off, right this is not something we're going we're flying completely in the face of total mythology I mean, we might as well be saying that, that smoke four packs a day to cure lung cancer. <laughs> right. So, and this is one of the reasons why there's, there's a lot of hostility kind of comes down on us as a group from time to time. Because if we're right, then people have really got to be a lot more courageous, right? Mm-hmm. What, you know, there's a, a pretty bad movie with um, Alec Baldwin and... Um, the fava beans guy, um, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> and they're being chased through the wilderness by this bear and this and that. And they find out and figure out a way to kill it and so on. And Anthony Hopkins says, what, there's no need to be that terrified because it's been done before. What one man can do, another can do. Right. And that's, that's really sort of fundamental, I think. Mm-hmm. If we can do it, then it becomes a possibility, which means people have to... You know, there's a helicopter out of Saigon, so to speak. Yeah. So there's some part of you that thinks that you can affect this situation, right? Yes. And I want to know, I want to know, damn it. <laughs> Tell me um, what, what the case is for that, what the evidence is for that, right? Um, well... The evidence that I was sort of saying I had was, you know, when I got into FDR and I started examining my own family, like she sort of picked up on that. And, you know, she has examined her family to some extent. She's defued from her mom and she has like been sort of working on her, uh, the other members of her family. And so I was like, okay. um, So she sort of was um, motivated by my example in that regard. And now if I just say that, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to speak the truth about Shirley and I'm not going to see Shirley anymore, you know, maybe that would also lead to something similar. Sorry, just that last bit went a bit fast for me. Could you just tell, give me that again? the last part just that last bit um right if i if i don't if i um if i speak the truth about shirley and i you know refuse to see shirley anymore then maybe she will also be you know sort of motivated by that example to examine her relationship more closely okay and why do you think that she doesn't do that why she sorry. why she doesn't do it in the first place? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Why she doesn't do it in the first place? Yeah. Why Why doesn't she? Um, I mean, as you said, I wasn't aware that she defooed from her mom, so she's totally separated from her mom. Yes. Okay, but she's still there's other family members that she's enmeshed in, right? Yeah. Okay, and and the relationship with uh, the girlfriend, which is fairly reasonable to consider suboptimal, let's say, right? Right. 
Okay, so um, because it's not about the mom and it's not about the defu, it's about because those things. Uh, okay, this is the important part. Those things result from a commitment to values, right? Right. Like you have to say, if you want this to work, not you, but what one has to say, if you want this liberty to work, that I am going to have a principle called, you know, honesty and integrity and, and, and vulnerability and openness and, you know, all of the stuff that we, we talk about here. And I'm going to work to try and raise my relationships to that standard, but I'm not going to sit here forever if people just don't tell me the truth, right? That there's a life is short and everything has a fuse, right? And Hi. so I think, and, and I've been fooled by this a number of times. I'm not saying that you're fooled by it, but when people say, well, I've defooed because of X, Y, and Z, or I don't see my mom anymore or whatever. Uh-huh. And then it turns out that, you know, they... I don't know, have some drug-addicted boyfriend or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's not mm-hmm. a principle. It's, it's, a, it's almost like a, an aesthetic or like, I don't like my mom, so I'm not going to deal with her anymore. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. But it's not from first principles flowing outward because that's what gives you strength, right? Mm-hmm. So there's not a commitment to the values, right? Right. Because of the girlfriend and other family members and so on, right? And the choices she's making with you. Yeah. And as the girlfriend's been around, you haven't been able to talk about this with you and, and neither has Rich and, and so on, right? Right. Right, there's, I mean, there's definitely almost no real... Um, real honesty going on whenever we're interacting like there's just it's just not allowed okay no real honesty i'll help you understand well, that extraordinary well, swiss laden statement <laughs> okay well i'm sorry um that there's the, some uh, real honesty or there's like what i mean honesty yeah what i mean is that we talk about we talk about other things like external to our the relationship in an honest way like you know we like we used to talk about this or that you know goings on at fdr and that sort of thing but we there's no honesty as like the real time relationship kind of honesty where we can discuss how we we are feeling in regards to that person yeah or the choices that they're making so there's there's good gossip, and don't get me wrong, gossip is the mortar that is good for the bricks in a relationship, right? I mean, there's nothing, uh, there can be nothing better than gossip sometimes, and I think that there can be some positive things uh, mm-hmm. in, in that discussion. But um, I use the word gossip here, come somewhat loosely mindful of my former conversation with David Bradley. <laughs> but, um, uh, right. but, I mean, we can, we can discuss uh, other people. Uh, we can even criticize other people and learn from that uh, as long as we're willing to sort of be open and revisit. But, but there's a core thing here, uh, which is the relationship that she has with her girlfriend and its effect on you. And uh, that's not something that you can talk about, right? Right. Okay, so in, in a sense, there's, there's chit-chat, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that's, that's really core, and, and of course, because you can't talk about the negative things in her relationship, it, you're that less likely to be able to talk about the positive things in your relationship too, right? Oh, absolutely. 
because because it's just like there's there's either this stony silence around stuff like that or it's like they sort of feel put down by it i guess or they 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 appear like they're put down by it and they like try to be like just start talking about something that they've done you know what i mean yeah, no, I, I do understand that. So, in terms of externality, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to say there's not, there's no real honesty, and I'm trying to figure out where the, where the honesty is, because the the chit chat, you know, I mean, if if I ask someone whether it's raining outside, uh, do, do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to figure out where the honesty is, because you've got a comparison, right? So there's no real honesty, but maybe there's partial. I want to know where the honesty is. Yeah, I, I mean. Beyond the the chit chat, that's not. I mean, that's not really honesty. Then there, there's none. Okay, and let me let me go one step further, right? Because I have an absence of honesty with about six billion people in the world. It's dishonesty. Well, I mean, I just I just want to sort of look look this over so that we can look at it for what it is, right? Because if there's a huge thing that's troubling you that you can't talk about and you can't talk about the positive things in your relationship and you can't talk about taking real values and applying them to your life. If you're stepping through this minefield of avoidance, I think that to say that the problem is there's not an excess of real honesty does not contain an excess of real honesty, <laughs> if that makes right. sense. Right. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like that's, That is not an accurate way to put it. Because there's active dishonesty going on. Right. And the reason that we want to, to figure this out, right, is we want to figure out the transition from irritation to maybe I should call. Right. Right. So the irritation is, man, I get snowed, right? She's mm-hmm. dumping it all on me. She's playing dumb. She's manipulating. She's this. She's that. She's the other, right? And this is not mm-hmm. the first time that you've uh, experienced this, right? Right. So if it's then, well, there's not an excess of real honesty in this relationship, then clearly there's something to save, right? Yes. Right? I mean, if, if a guy's toe gets gangrene, we don't shoot him, right? Right. Because there's a lot of healthy tissue to save, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think the first thing is, is to, to try and figure out where the relationship actually is, so to speak, just empirically, not in terms of where we would like to be or if I'd done anything different, but, but where it currently is, your relationship with Laverne, right? Right. I mean, at this point, honestly, I don't think it's anywhere. Oh, it's somewhere. See, I don't, any, I don't have any kind of anywhere relationship with about 6 billion people on the planet, right? I have no relationship yeah. with about 6 people. So this is different, right, than that. Right. It's negative. It's, I mean, there's a part of me that wants to hold on to it, and I don't think it's a... It's all, it's not a part of me that that's that interested in 
the truth. Well, I'm I'm perfectly happy to hear the case, and and this is just this is just practice for you, right? To make the case with yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. we have nothing to fear from the parts of us that wish to tell us the truth, right? So, right. I mean, if if you feel that that you know that there's a good case or there could be a case to be made with yourself, I mean, you can make the case. You don't act on it, right? Just we can make the case, right? Like, what is there to save in the relationship? What is the good stuff? Where could the relationship go? And and what could be the great stuff that's in it, and so on. Um, well, the things that I was sort of thinking about when I, when I even wrote this email was, you know, I, there are times, there were times before Shirley showed up that I, I enjoyed being with this person and it was, you know, we had a shared sense of humor and we had, we could discuss like, some personal issues, but we, you know, we more had a connection with, you know, philosophy and we would talk about, you know, she was like, our whole friendship started when I really started getting into philosophy and, you know, we, we talked about that kind of thing all the time. And she was the only friend that I had that at the time that sort of really shared my interest in that and didn't minimize it or, or, you know, mock it or anything like that. And she was supportive of, you know, my defu and all of this stuff. So those were, those were positive things about it. And, and she used to definitely be more generous as a person. And I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, if she, you know, the, just the thoughts in my head are like, oh, if she gets out of this relationship, then, you know, it's going to improve again. Because she was better as you see it before this. Right. All right. So if, if, uh, um, if she were out of this relationship, there's a possibility that, that this could turn around. And, and how, long have, um, how long have you guys been friends? For four years. And um, for how long have you found this uh, avoidance thing um, to be part of the relationship? All of it. Okay. Wasn't expecting that. (laughs) Sorry. no, no, that's good. That sounded like uh, a spontaneous and <laughs> ecosystem ringing out kind of answer. So, um, go on. Yeah, I mean, just when you asked that question, like a million different things popped into my head about, you know, if it wasn't this relationship with Shirley, it's it's all it's something else that we're avoiding. Um there have always been certain things that we just don't discuss. Um, like there was a period during which I, because she had, she had obviously, you know, bad relationships before this one. And I couldn't talk about those really, honestly. Um, hang on, hang on. You couldn't talk about those really honestly. So you could talk about them. <laughs> I couldn't talk about them honestly at all. 
Which means what? Which means not discussing them. Which means you had to avoid them, right? Which means yes. you had to self-censor, right? Right. Which means that you had to disvalue honesty. You had to act in a false manner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she's mm-hmming me. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. I'll give you this one, but I'll get you later. Spitting your cookies. <laughs> no, that that is true. Um, and this is not a criticism. Again, we're just 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 an observation, right? Because if 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 there are people that I just can't talk about stuff with. then I have to self-censor, I have to avoid the truth for the sake of their prejudice, right? Right. Greg um, was up here at Christmas, and I had, as I've mentioned before, a long-time friend up, and I've mentioned this before, so I'll keep it brief, but we were watching a documentary on global warming, because it's Christmassy, and um, this uh, friend of mine was... Uh, um, he was saying, you know, well, I just, I don't buy it, you know, and this, I don't have to look at the source data myself and this and that, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, I don't mean to use an argument from authority, dude, but you are a computer programmer and these are meteorologists from MIT. They could be completely full of nonsense, but, you know, <laughs> it's a pretty high wall. And I, I couldn't call him on it. I really genuinely felt I couldn't call him on it. And it was, this isn't the first thing. There have been other things, um, you know, like he was depressed and Christina spent a lot of time trying to find him just the right therapist and then he just never went, right? So, and, and right. you know, could, can't call him on that. These things pile up, right? Mm-hmm. She's making me again. No, I make sense. Yes, they do. And so for me, it was just like, I, I don't want to get back in the box, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be back in the box, right? Right. That's because you all people spoil me terribly, right? Because I can talk about whatever I want, right? Right, yeah. Right, so once you've had that, it's like, well, I don't want to get back in the little box. Exactly. And I just, I've been working hard to get out of the little box. I don't want to go back in, right? Mm-hmm. I say never being able to leave the red room, but that's different. Right, so there's there's a lot of avoidance here, right? Now, did you have fun times with your mom? No. Okay, so you guys just had no fun times at all. So this was a relief for you, but there were elements that were not uh, unfamiliar, right? Right. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, what were you feeling there? Go on. <laughs> oh, because it... I mean, I think I felt a plug go into something there, so let's stop on that. Yeah, I just see how it is very much a repetition of that because throughout the relationship, she was a very difficult person to manage sometimes. Not that you should manage people at all, but I mean, this she, is your friend, not talking about, right? Exactly, but okay. it's it's similar to my mom because my mom was very emotionally unstable. You know, there were lots of issues you couldn't talk about, and 
she just very erratic behavior and it's very similar to this friend in a lot of ways right right so you're in your assignment the box of shorts right yeah i'm used to managing um i'm used to self-censoring to manage other people's anxiety that's the only thing that i can have that gives me control uh or some sense of efficacy in a relationship right right and and clearly when you said look i don't like being around your girlfriend and she came back with I have no idea what you're talking about. She has basically, I don't know what she does that, that could be conceivably wrong. Then you feel, um, I mean, that that is a temptation to start self-managing, right? And to start self-censoring, which results in what? Your church lady coming up and lecturing you about being open-minded and giving it a shot, right? Right. And what are you feeling now? I'm, I don't know. I just got unbelievably sad. Go on. <sighs> like as, just as soon as I made that connection. And this sadness would have been very dangerous with your mother, right? Yeah. Why's that? Because, um, it was a threat to her. It's, it's like any, or, or not a threat. It, it is in a way a threat to her, but mostly it's like revealing any kind of pain around her it's just not a very smart thing obviously yeah for sure i mean she would have uh, it would have evoked guilt uh, in her and these people are so hardwired that empathy within them turns to rage right yeah right so this is what's behind the irritation, right? Is is the sadness. And that makes you feel vulnerable and helpless. And so you talk yourself into compromise and, quote, reasonable thinking, right? Right. Because the sadness is, is, is what happens when we give up hope, right? Yeah. I mean, people think I have a band hammer. I have a much bigger hope hammer. Mm-hmm. And what I what I did because I know that it's important when you're sad to talk about me, but <clears throat> what I did with my friend was I just basically said if he wants to fight for the relationship, he can get off his ass and fight for the relationship, if he wants. But I'm going to see what he does if I don't call him back. Right. I'm sick and tired of pretending I'm on a tandem bike with somebody and I'm doing all the goddamn pedaling. 
and I'm doing all the goddamn reasonableness, and I'm doing all of the goddamn emotional work. Yeah. You know, let someone fight for me for a change. Mm-hmm. Let someone get off their ass and come and fight for me. Let me be the one who has to be won over for once. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So. Because that just seems like what I've, I mean, I've been putting so much work into trying to understand um, this relationship and my feelings about it. And I've been trying to, you know, be sensitive to her feelings about what I'm saying and, and all of this stuff. And her response is just to play dumb and be manipulative. Right. So then if I don't respond, let's see what she does. It's just curious. It's not manipulation. I don't feel like responding. Yeah. If somebody wants to really work hard to win back my friendship, I'm open to that. Right. But I'm sick and tired of doing all the work and pretending it's a relationship because that's my childhood. Mm-hmm. I was true. always the variable that, that, had, that, that had to change, right? Right. Everybody else could be as crazy as they wanted, and I always had to be the one running around picking up the goddamn pieces. Right. I mean, Christine and I have talked about it. I mean, it's just sort of jokey, but it's like, you know, if uh, if she would ever leave me, like I'd be literally hanging on to her ankle, sobbing. <laughs> she tried to drag herself down the driveway. She'd need like 12 security guards and four tasers and, I don't know, like a, a beluga harpoon to get me off her leg, right? Because it just like I would do anything to keep this woman. Right. Right. And so I said, well, to myself, I said, okay, well, so this is what I would do to keep my wife. And I would go to any extreme, do anything, anything that I conceivably could to, to give her anything that she wants and, and to, to make her happy and, and to make sure that her life is as spectacular, as wonderful as possible. I will do anything that I can to make that happen. And uh, so I thought, okay, so I, that's what love is, right? I mean, it's for me, right? So let's see if my friend can pick up the phone. Right, let's see what is the barrier to this person and how high is it, right? Right. And as it turns out, I haven't seen him in, uh, I guess... Four months. He called once. I never called him back. Never heard from him again. And that's painful. Yeah. We have to work the facts, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not doing him any favors by peddling for two. And you sure as hell are not doing Laverne any favors peddling for two. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. You know, we, uh, we enable people when we let them get away with non-reciprocal stuff. We make them lazy, right? Yeah. I mean, you have only strengthened her desire and willingness to bully, right? Because that's how she gets away with it, right? You're scared right. of her. You're scared of her yeah. temper. You're scared of her disapproval. You're scared of her manipulation, right? Yes. And since she's known you over the past four years, it's not a criticism, it's just pointing out a fact, right? It's gotten worse, right? Because mm -hmm. you've been reinforcing it all the time. Yeah. Because when she gets mad, you veer off, right? You are, well, okay, well, I'll add that to the list of things we don't talk about. We don't talk about the list, and we don't talk about why anything's on the list, right? Right. So what you're doing is you're feeding her beast, right? That's true. <sighs> Every time we let people get away with stuff, we make their dark side stronger. Yeah, that's hard to accept. There's a bit in the RTR book about the vengeance of the slave. Yeah, uh, yeah, I totally see that. Right, because you're like, well... I want to save the friendship. No, you don't want to save the friendship. That's not your real motive. That's not why you would get back in touch with her and pedal for two, right? Exactly. It would be to control your own anxiety, and it would be a very elegant screw you to the girl in question, to the woman in question, right? Because if we keep pedaling for two, all that happens is other people's legs get weaker to the point where they can't even walk, right? Right. Yeah. And that's the irony, right? You helped lead her to this girl, her girlfriend. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it really does. It's just... That's the one thing I had not even crossed my mind yet. Well, I mean, I was also besides, you know, repeating the relationship with my mother, but I had always, I had this mythology of like, I was the one helpful friend, but that's just nonsense. Well, I, I, I wouldn't go to the other extreme necessarily, and I've just been pointing out the negative sides of things, right? I think that if she had wanted to open up about these things, you would have been happy and relieved, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not like you were in there. I'm just talking about some of the negative effects of your actions. I'm not saying that your intent was, there was nothing good and your intent was malevolent or anything like that, right? Like if my friend... Right, had, I, uh, sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I understand. It's just, I, I, would, I wouldn't have said that there was anything negative before. Right, and I, I don't want you to go and go to the other extreme because this is always the challenge, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> you're, you're all a bunch of really hyper people, right? Me too, right? <laughs> but it's like we go from one extreme to the other, right? So it's like all JC, right? It's like, oh, I guess the solution is for me to never talk to women again. That's, right. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. You've hit the right. So, and I'm not saying you're <laughs> category, but, but you, you don't want to go to like, well, it was all bad, right? I mean, 
if I know that if my friend uh, had had said, you know, geez, I was thinking about this thing at Christmas, and that was kind of a weird moment. How was that for you? I would have been happy. Yeah, that's true. Right. So, and and it's the same thing. If this girl had written you back and were positive, you would have been happy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're just in there totally to to shaft them. But the fact is that we're not happy at being censored, right? And right. So we get back. If, if we're not happy at being censored, that unhappiness. Uh, and we feel resentful of being censored or feeling censored. We we don't like that feeling where we can't talk about things. And that mm-hmm. comes out somewhere, right? And it comes out through avoidance, but without avoidance of the person, only avoidance of the aggression, which enables and swells the aggression in that person. Right. right. I mean, I, I, kick, <clears throat> I kick people off the boards to try to do my tiny little part to help save their souls. Yeah. It's the kindest conceivable thing that I could do for them. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Like, don't keep acting this way because you're digging yourself into a hole over and over again. Mm-hmm. And you can do that, but I'm not going to help you because I have too much respect for the human spirit to watch somebody self-mutilate in that way or to enable it or to provide a forum for it or anything like that. Right. And that's a hard thing for us to, right? It's a hard thing to stand there and say, you know what? You do the work. I'm just going to see what you're bringing to the table because that causes us, as you say, sadness and anxiety, right? Right. Because you know, and I know, and everybody on the call knows exactly what's going to happen to your friend if you don't put, if you don't pedal for two. Right. What's going to happen? Um, now I'm kind of fogging up. Excellent. That means we're getting really close to the core. <laughs> the flash butts are going off. The fog is coming up, right? <laughs> yeah, I hear the march of the Valkyries and Jim, and Jim Morrison at the same time. Okay. What's going to happen if you follow your irritation and don't talk to this person for a while? Because you don't want to, right? If you did, you'd be calling that person, not me, right? Right. So if you were 100% authentic to your feelings, I don't feel like calling this person. There's no such thing as positive obligations that I haven't chosen. I owe nothing to this person. If I owe them money, I'll send them a check, but I owe nothing to this person. What's going to happen if you don't call her? My first thought was she's not going to... She's not going to contact me again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sweet mother of God, Colleen, your mother didn't. Yeah. But why would this go? Your mother didn't yeah i mean if this is just a repetition of that relationship i mean my 
there's, I didn't even, I didn't expect my mom to contact me again. I knew she, she just wanted me gone. Right. Right. And if somebody were to bounce in on Laverne and say, tell me where you think this defensiveness is going to go. Well, first of all, she's going to say, well, it's worked on her for four years, right? Right. I know she's going to talk herself into being this, quote, reasonable person, and she's going to come over and do all the work, and I bet you she's going to end up apologizing, too. Yeah. I'll just let, let all those little demons in her head do the work. I don't have to lift a goddamn finger, right? Right. She'll fog. I'm not defensive. No, you don't understand. You have to see the good in her. Right? She's, she's working on it. She's in the conversation. She's a, all this nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is going to cause you to feel this sick, familiar weight, this helplessness. You're going to end up feeling sad and apologetic. Then you're going to feel angry later, right? And then you're not going to know whether you should communicate your anger because you already apologized. And she's going to say, well, now you're really random. You apologized. Now you're angry at me. You know this whole trip, right? Oh, totally. I mean, there's nothing that we could write down here that wouldn't have been completely familiar to you, right? Right. So, if you wait... For her, there's nothing wrong with this. I know that this was never possible in her families. But let her woo you, for Christ's sake. Right. You know, I mean, when I was... Oh, I guess I'm old enough now that I I don't even say younger. When I was young, (laughs) um, I I always had this disparity in, in... some, not all, but some of my relationships. And I remember a couple of times where a girl would want to not date me anymore. And, you know, some of them would be more long-term or whatever. And I would feel, and sometimes this would occur even after the breakup. Like I'd really want to be with that person or spend time with that person or this or that or the other. And I would pour my heart out. To, to this to this woman. Uh, I'd be crying, not sniveling, pitiful crying, but, you know, like I'd be really, really passionate and I'd, you know, we could make it work and I'd really... And they just stare at me like I was just like, <laughs> like you know, like I'd grown a, a fourth year on my forehead, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I always, you know, there, there's, I've talked about this before, but there's always this cliched scene in, in sitcoms and in movies where the, the girl is leaving and, and the guy is, like, running through the airport. You don't see that as much anymore because he gets shot, right? But, but this guy would be running through the airport trying to, trying to catch up with her, right? Trying to, oh, I've got to see her. I've got to get these flowers to her. I've got to ask her to marry me before she flies off to Japan for three years, right? Right. That shit never happens. Mm-hmm. That is a complete fantasy. I've never, ever actually heard that happening. Right. I mean, have you for real? No. Because people don't care. They're interchangeable. It's like, oh, I put this card down, I get a new card up, right? They're interchangeable. 
Now, the people who are not interchangeable are the people who have authenticity, the people who are really who they are, right? It's all notes from an upcoming podcast on why the hell should people love you, right? Right. Yeah. But they have something that's special. They're, they've got uh, uh, energy, virtue, positivity. They're helpful. They're, you know, they're exciting to be around. Whatever. Whatever it is, right? Now, those people you want to – and they're not bullshit like Anthony Robbins, you know, feel the power within because I'm nine feet tall and have banana and whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. But those people you want to you wanna keep in your life, and they'll fight to keep you in their lives because they value you. They love you. They fight. They will fight to keep you. I mean, if you just woke up tomorrow morning and said, Rich, that's it. I'm out of here, right? He'd probably pull a me and hang on to your leg or whatever, right? Oh, yeah. He'd follow you. He'd chase you down. He'd follow you. He'd, you know, chew through ten cops. Whatever, right? <laughs> yes. Because he treasures you, right? He loves you, and so that gives security. That's you have the security to make mistakes because you're adored, right? Right. To be who you are, to let it all hang out, so to speak, right? Right. And it's okay to let people chase you. It's okay to have a high, high wall that they have to climb over, right? Right. I mean, in, an institution as evil as the army has basic training, and, and we can't even let people call us twice? Exactly. So I think it's perfectly healthy to say, and I think absolutely necessary to say, you know what? You fight for me. I'm going to do nothing. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to call your names. I'm not going to yell at you. I'm not going to whatever, right? But I'm going to wait until you perform enough actions that I want to call you back. Yeah. So that's what your irritation is saying, right? And your sadness is saying, hey, if I'm not pedaling for two, she's not even on the bike. Yeah. Right? Right. And you've created that too, right? Yeah. I mean, you've given her no reason to pedal. Right. I mean, if this had occurred much, much earlier, maybe something would have been salvageable, but no. not anymore. No, no, because uh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I think you're smart enough. I, mean, I know you're smart enough that if that had been possible, you'd have gone for it, right? Hmm. Right. If, if, if it had been possible, because you tested things with her because there was excitement and philosophy and so on, and that's all good stuff. But for sure, what happened was, and you may not remember these things, or maybe you, but, but you came up against the resistance, and we all feel that in people viscerally. We feel that in our gut because it's very volatile. It's highly dangerous, right? Right. And you would have had an urge. If you'd have felt it, you, you, you looked at that and you say, okay, you know, is this a, a wave pool or a tsunami, right? Yeah. And if it's a I wave pool, fuck it. You know, I'll get knocked over and I'll get back up, right? Right. If it's a tsunami, 
if there's no cracks in the defenses, then. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But so then I don't, the I don't see. The fact that you didn't do it means that there was nothing to be. But sorry, go on. Yeah, but then I don't see what you mean by I created it. Well, sorry, um, you didn't create this defense in her, but yeah. you you created the presence of that defense in in your life, right? And you strengthened that defense in her, right? Right, right. Okay. You created that in her for you. Right. Right, because this, this um, uh, her girlfriend, right? I mean, this is the approach that I took, right? Because, you know, the first thing I get is an email saying, you know, why am I banned still, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, <laughs> perhaps because, you know, you never showed up on Sunday when you were supposed to. We never talked. And, 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 and oh, the first thing I get is an aggressive email, right? Right. So I'm not going to respond to that. Right. So then I get IM messages and other people get IM messages that, that she's so she's so upset. She's so angry. She, she can't take it anymore. This and that. The other is like, this is not helping your case. Right. Yeah. Right. So then I just said, look, I'm away for the weekend. I'm working and, you know, we can talk next week, maybe or whatever. Right. And then mm-hmm. I'm not going to chase her down. If she wants to do X, Y, and Z to try and figure, but, but now then she's, oh, then of course, and of course, why am I still banned is exactly what her girlfriend did to you, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're still banned because you don't know why you're banned. Because you have no idea. You've had a week and you haven't tried to figure anything out, right? Right. You haven't sat there and said, okay, well, there was this problem, and then there was this problem, and then there was this problem, and then there was this problem, right? There hasn't been any of that. Right. There hasn't been emails saying, well, you know, I know, I know she's not like she's got a big career that's distracting her, right? So there hasn't been a list of things saying, okay, well, I thought about this, and I think I've understood this, and I read this book about conflict, and I think that this has happened, and so on and so on, right? I've listened right. to your podcast about standards in relationships, and here's where I don't think that I'm meeting them, or here's where I think I might be meeting them, but I'm not sure. Right? She could put a little bit. This would be an hour or two or three, right? Right. But, but it's not worth that, right? Right. It's like, okay, well, if it's not worth it, then why would I do all the work? Right. right? So I'm going to match you, jewel for jewel, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. It's not worth it to you. Why would it be worth it to me? Right. Because if in, we're in relationships, we know, we know that the other person can leave at a moment's notice. That just makes us paranoid, right? Yeah. There's no bond there, right? Right. If I'm not worth a second callback, 
from a friend of mine for 30 years, if I'm not worth a second callback, then of course I'm not going to confront him on emotional issues. Because this is hanging by a thread for him, right? Yeah. I don't want to be in relationships where if anything's hanging by a thread, where if I put a foot wrong, people can get mad at me. Right. Because I know the difference, right? You know the difference. Other people know. We know the difference. Mm-hmm. And it's dangerous, I guess, to be vulnerable with people who don't value you. Oh, sure. Yeah, of course, right? Of course. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, what you really, sorry, but you, I didn't want to, if you were just about to say something else. No, no. Well, because this is the last thing that, that I'll say about this when I think it's, you know, because it's not, it's not whether she values you that fundamentally you're figuring out here. It's that I don't value her. No, I, 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 I think that's an effect. But the empirical test is what? What are you really testing here? My own emotions? Um, People no, are saying whether you value yourself. You Sorry? People are saying whether you value yourself. Well, I think that's an aspect of it, but you can do that without doing any experiments with her, so to speak. And I use the word experiment here in a very loose kind of way, right? What you're trying to figure out is how much does she value herself? Oh. Yeah. Because I would be on my wife's leg as she tried to march down the driveway <laughs> because she, was so, she is so essential to my happiness that I don't want to give that up. I value my happiness and my marriage so much that I would not want to give that up in the same way that I'm fierce about FDR. Right. Because I don't want to give it up. I don't want it to get taken over by trolls. I want it to be a safe and productive and positive environment. I am fierce about it. Right. Because I value my happiness. I value my values. Yeah. And if my friend of 30 years says that, like if I'm essential to his happiness and he values himself enough to want to hang on to his happiness, 
then he won't let one missed phone call in 30 years end the friendship. He'd fight for it. He'd be fierce for it, like, like a junkie with his heroin, right? Right. He'd fight for that happiness because he values his own life. He values his own happiness, and he won't give it up without a fight, right? Right. So if she's just let you go, doesn't call you back if you don't call her back, then she just doesn't value herself, right? And if a person doesn't value herself, there's nothing to work with. Yeah. There's nothing to work with. It's like trying to marry a ghost or have sex with Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, it's like being in a three-way with a ghost and Jesus, and you're not even there. Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> Look at the metaphor, because I know you enjoy it so much. So. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Anyway, <laughs> so if somebody doesn't have self-esteem, if somebody doesn't value themselves, there's absolutely nothing to work with whatsoever. Because what are you going to do? Are you going to say, no, really, you are a value, right? Right. Well, you can't, right? Right. There's no external solution. No, you can't fix that. Right? It's, you know, it's like uh, if, uh, if somebody's supposed to gain weight because they're under, you know, and they just don't want to, what are you going to do? Like stuff food down their face 24-7? There's nothing you can do. Right. If somebody doesn't value themselves, herself, there's nothing to work with. You can go and blow that balloon up if you want, but the moment you let it go, what happens? How it goes. Right. If a person says, you're a value to me, and they won't lift a fucking finger... As you fade away, there's nothing you can do. You go lift their finger for them if you want, but the moment that you walk away, they'll just flop it back down again, right? Because they're fundamentally not there and inert, right? Right. It's the blow-up doll, right? Right. You can prop them across you at dinner, but that doesn't mean you have a relationship, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Right, your mom doesn't value herself, right? Not at all. She kind of hates herself, right? Yeah. And of course, right? I mean, she's harmed a child and nothing worse than that. Right. And so there's nothing for you to work with. There's nothing for you to work with. You're like trying to give radiation treatment to somebody who doesn't even want to live, right? Right. Then what? what? They have to want to live in order for medicine to work, right? Yeah. I guess what I'm wondering is is if, like, I understood that about my mother. I never thought that I that 
she would ever change or, or anything like that. I never thought that there was any relationship there with us. So why was I so blind to it here? But you weren't blind to it at all. I mean, you weren't. I mean, we knew that from the very beginning of this conversation. Well, when I say we, <laughs> I mean everyone but you. <laughs> so if I wasn't blind to it, why was I in that relationship? Well, we would sort of know of the history of your mom, and we could, we could talk more about that perhaps another time, but... but the reason that we know that you weren't blind to it with this woman was you said, I don't feel like calling her back, and then you tried to talk yourself out of it, right? Right. And why? Because you knew if you didn't call her back, she wasn't going to call you back, right? Right, right. Or if she did, it would be entirely because of her anxiety, like your mom, after the apology, or after the, after the abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. she were like, oh, I, I, I really miss you. I feel bad. I don't know what happened. Blah, 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 blah. And you can get those kind of glommings on, right? It's got nothing to do with you, right? Right, right. So you didn't want to put, right? It's, it's the whole thing, right? It's like somebody says, this bridge is really firm. It's like, oh, well, why don't you walk across it? Hell no. Right. <laughs> This is a, you know, we have a friendship. Oh, well then, it's not going to matter if you don't call her back right away because you're bothered. Right? She'll figure it out. She'll bring the work needed to the relationship. She'll figure out a way to fix it. Right? Yeah. Should know. I better call her back now. Right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you know, right? <sighs> yeah. you knew that four years ago because when you would bring up something she didn't like she'd get really angry or upset or cold or withdraw or there'd be a real clear sign like we don't go there right yeah so who wants a relationship with minefields right right so you, you knew at that moment that if you were honest she would cut you off right yeah and you've done this elaborate dance for a couple of years. And look, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, we all have, it's all a journey, right? There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with it. And, and you, you obviously got some genuinely great intellectual stuff out of the relationship, as did I with my friend and, and so on, right? Mm -hmm. But you knew from the very beginning, and the reason that we talk about this is not to mourn four years past, although that can be a good response, but for the future, right? But you knew right. from the very beginning that if you were honest, that the, the friend, she'd just walk away, right? Right, right. That you were eminently sacrificable. Right. That if you asked her to say, I want you to choose the truth of my experience over your own emotional defenses. I want to be more important to you than your own defenses and your own brutalized history and your own 
manipulations and whatever, right? I want you to be bigger than your defenses. She's like, shit, no, right? Right. So you knew this from the very beginning. Yeah. Charlotte feels that you ought to be mauled by a bear. I'm not sure why. <laughs> oh, because of the movie we were talking about earlier. Right. What you need is a spear. Anyway, we'll come back to that. <laughs> but I, I know this is sad, but it's not a, that painful a kind of sad. Is there's a kind of richness in it? Yeah. It's like the, ah, kind of sad, Right. Right. Because you've been keeping these spinning plates going, right? And this probably isn't the only relationship where it's shown up. But you've been kind of working, keeping these, this circus act of you being, the, you being on both sides of the tennis court, so to speak. And that's pretty exhausting, right? Right, and it's a relief. Yeah, we do this. You know those trust exercises? They're kind of crappy, right? You fall backwards into people's arms. Mm-hmm. Do it. Seriously, like you just fall, and if you fall over, it's like, well, I guess I'm not doing that again, right? Right, right. So yeah, if people start to censor you, I mean, hey, I feel censored. I feel like I feel there's a lot of discomfort talking about this topic. Uh, do you feel that? Nope. <laughs> well, either I am crazy, in which case I shouldn't be your friend, or I'm not crazy, in which case I'm not going to be your friend, right? Right, right. Either way, there's no friendship in the cards, right? Right. And that, of course, is, you know, this is part of the the whole troll management thing, too, right? It's like, yeah, okay, so if the biggest moral issue that you have is some godforsaken little board squabble from a year and a half ago then right if this is where you want to pour your moral outrage you know while we try and deal with the family abuse and the state and religion and all this kind of stuff right if this is where you are then you need to not be here right right If your defensiveness and your aggression is bigger than your commitment to truth and curiosity, then you just need to be out spitting at people in bars, right? Not right. part of the this philosophical conversation right? where we are trying to prioritize things according to some real and objective values. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
and most people don't make it. Most people don't make it. Because this is very new and this is very, very challenging, right? Yeah. This is a mean philosophical conversation, right? It's mm-hmm. not for the faint heart, right? Yeah. Yeah, when I, was, when I was first sort of starting on it, I was like thinking that two relationships would make it and one of them is obviously not. I mean, sweet mother of all that's holy, if you're batting 500, you're doing better than anybody else in the whole compass. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're doing better than I am. I'll tell you that much. 500. I dream of batting 500. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's yeah, it is pretty fortunate on one hand, I guess. Well, that sounded highly convinced. Well, <laughs> yeah, hard I lost to one leg hard, of a bear trap, but I guess the other leg is fine. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a little how it feels right now. Right, and I'm not trying to say that this erases the pain and suffering that you're feeling right now at all. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. sorry that I didn't mean to make light of that, but. Um, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> Sorry, the pain and suffering of my singing is not what we add to this right now. But uh, sorry, anyway. So um, I, I, I don't, I don't know if other people got mics on if they wanted to add anything to it. But that, that was just sort of the major stuff that that I wanted to run through. Was that uh, was that that useful or, or helpful, or is there anything else that that would be major you'd want to talk about with me rather than with yourself or with Rich? Oh, um, no, I, I know some other people had some stuff to talk about, so thank you, by the way. Oh, anytime, and uh, great, great, great stuff, as always. Anybody? Anybody else? Comments about? Let's chat. Other chats? Other chats? Okay. All right. Well, that is getting late. So um, I guess we'll see you in about, I don't know, 13 hours? <laughs> a little bit under. And uh, thanks, everyone. Uh, it, was a, it was a great chat. And, uh, thanks, Colleen, of course, as always. And uh, I will send you a copy of this. And then we'll, uh, I think we, with, with those names of those characters, I really think we could make a great, great TV show. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Bye.